0: Uh, I'm not that type of dude. I'm a scorer 100%. I need to face the goal.
1: That's why I'm dangerous. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. The Lighthearted Podcast to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. We're going to have gamers, we're going to have athletes, we're going to have businessmen, businesswomen. A couple moments, I would say, like tangible moments that probably was, you know, really
0: impactful, like to me as a child. Man, and then nobody ever talked about it. So it was like, I never said nothing, but you know, I'm lighthearted. You know, just give hey, y'all the piece of the truth, man. man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. This is your co host, Matt Hillman, without my other co host, Josh Hart. Unfortunately, Um, our schedules were not able to line up for this intro, so I am going to be doing it solo. However, uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. And the reason I'm going to do that is because we don't have a guest this episode. Uh, We had a lot of people reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, saying, you know, we love the interviews, we love the guests. You know, you guys have amazing guests, but we do, we, we want to know more about you. So, you know, we decided we would do one episode where we just pretty much interview one another. Um, and I think this is actually our longest episode yet, but we really just talk for about an hour and a half about, you know, our lives and our upbringings and our careers. And, you know, I think that that kind of speaks for itself. So, you know, no sense in doing a super long intro. Um, but, you know, here for a couple life, life updates, First things first, my birthday was yesterday. Uh, actually, by the time this episode comes out, it'll have been two days ago. So December 2nd. Thank you. Yes. You guys can sing if you want. Uh, I turned 26. Bittersweet feeling. Definitely feel like I'm getting old, but at the same time, um, you know, excited about how the first 26 have gone and, you know, hopefully the, the next go go better or just as good, if not better. Um, But, you know, that's, that's been good. Um, I'm in Miami right now, actually, for Art Basel, uh, which for those of you that don't know, it's a, um, it's a week long sort of like art festival uh, that happens in Miami every year. Uh, But it's like, if they take over the entire city so it's not just like one festival it's like a bunch of different little ones and galleries and artists come from all over the world and there's a bunch of like parties and brand activations and uh it's just a really really cool time to be in Miami. Uh one of our clients is doing a really cool activation so that's what brings you know me and, and my team down here. So I'm down here for the week working from here. And then I'm going to be back in LA uh on Saturday. So I've been traveling quite a bit. I was in uh I was in Dallas uh, last week. And then from there I went to new Orleans to see the Pelicans game. And then from there I went to Philly for Thanksgiving. And then from there I went to DC to see some friends and then back to Philly to celebrate my birthday with my family. And now I'm down in Miami. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, definitely exhausted for, I don't know if you guys can hear it in my voice or not, but I'm definitely, uh, getting over a little, a little cold. I definitely ran myself into the ground a little bit, but, um, but now all is well. Um, I'm trying to think what other life updates we have. Um, I had a, a, there was a Forbes article that came out about uh, Cut and Sew, my, my company. Uh, I think it was about two weeks ago. But uh, that was incredible for us. We, we work, you know, we've worked tirelessly to build this this company. And um, it's, it's it's a funny thing being a marketing agency because you your job is to market other people and other companies. And oftentimes when you do that so much, it can be hard to forget. It's hard to remember to market yourself because we spend so much time helping other people build their brands. So for that reason, you know, an article talking about us and what we do was, was huge. And uh shout out to Chris Chris Dodson who uh who wrote that piece. Incredible. You made us you made us sound way cooler than we actually are. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. Um, but that was, that was a big moment. I, I, as a kid, I like, well, not maybe not as a kid, but as like a young adult who was very interested in the business world, being in Forbes was always a huge goal of mine. Um, and so to see, you know, our company there uh, was pretty special. I remember myself, Sean, my two partners, Sean and Devin, started in Sean's apartment you know, damn near two years ago. Um, And so to see, you know, our picture and our name on Forbes meant meant a lot. Um, But anyway, enough about that. We'll, we'll, we talk about all this uh, in the episode. So I'm not going to, I'm not even going to really do a heart to heart this episode because the whole episode is just full of Josh and I asking each other questions. Um, But I do want to announce our winner. Shout out to our sponsor Venmo. Uh, For those of you that are new here, we give away a thousand dollars every week. To a lucky winner, all you have to do is follow Venmo, follow Lighthearted on social media, and then add Lighthearted Podcast as a friend on Venmo, and you'll automatically be qualified to enter. And that's it. We give away a thousand dollars every week. It's pretty simple. Um, so this week's winner is Paris Wise. Of course, the one week we get like an easy name to pronounce, Josh isn't isn't here. For those of you that are that listen week over week, you know that Josh can't isn't great at pronouncing people's names and he messes it up ten ten times out of ten. However, more often than not we're getting very difficult names and I don't I don't blame him because it is hard to pronounce. But this was an easy one and, and he wasn't here for it. So Paris wise, shout out to you. You will be getting a Venmo shortly. Um but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, that's really it on my end. I want to keep it short because this episode is so long. Um, I really, really hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, like I said, you know, we, we love interviewing other people. We love telling other people's stories, but, uh, we just had a bunch of people asking us more about ours and we try and, we try and do it a little bit at the beginning of every episode for like 10 to 15 minutes, just so you guys know what's going on in our lives. But, um, you know we we just wanted to take it a step further and and really go all the way back and and think about our lives in the same way that we think about our guests and how we got to where we are and what's what's important to us and so on and so forth so uh you know let us know if you love it let us know if you hate it but um, you know hopefully you guys uh you guys listen and hey, if you make it all the way through this one you're you're a real one because i this is I think it was almost hour forty five if I'm not mistaken but um yeah hopefully hopefully we keep you guys engaged. And uh congratulations again to Paris Wise. Guys, we're giving away money through the end of 2019, so it's not too late to enter. All you have to do is add Lighthearted Podcast as a friend, and uh we'll take it from there. So appreciate you guys tuning in. And without further ado, this is the Josh Hart and Matt Hillman episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast, presented by Venmo. I am your host, Josh Hart, my co host brother, and well, newly um how'd I say newly uh your birthday was just recently. So <laughs> you, you, you were like trying to figure out a sexy way to say it. Yeah, I was like, uh, but I just gave up. But you know, um uh, fresh off his twenty sixth birthday, so I guess yes, happy sir. birthday again and that sagittarius um, season exactly so how are you I'm how good, was the man. birthday
0: the birthday was great just uh actually just got back from dinner with the fam back east hanging out with them headed down to uh to miami tomorrow yeah tomorrow um so that was good it was good I, I got to spend it with family which i you know wouldn't have had it any other way so,
1: so. where was dinner and what you get
0: Oh man, you're gonna put me out there like that? Cause I know you know the answer to both of those questions, but I'll I'll answer anyway. Um, We went to a restaurant, a beautiful restaurant called Barclay Prime. And I had the 10 ounce A5 Japanese Wagyu New York strip and truffle mac and cheese and broccolini and uh, Seafood Tower. And someone very special in my life sent over a warm chocolate chip cookie with vanilla ice cream from afar. You know you know who you are. Um, yeah, that, that was that was my birthday dinner.
1: I'm kind of mad because I really wanted to... Um, I didn't realize you guys were there. I thought about it, but I didn't really know for sure until I, um, Charlie sent me the biscuit. I was like, dang, I should have sent a bottle of wine over.
0: <laughs> nah, you're good. We actually... Uh, we actually brought one, just paid the Corkage fee. We got the um shoot, what was it called? Croix de, de Libre. It was one of the wine access wines. Um it was the white the white one with the with like the the red kind of like cross on it. I think it's a Bordeaux. Yeah, Um I had it. Pretty good. Really good. Went well with the with the steak. Bro, this is the first episode we've had we've had no guest.
1: Yeah, no, so a lot of your listeners have mentioned uh about having a an extended or a whole episode just about you know Matt and myself's relationship and um kind of how our careers you know intersect and um just kind of like the grind of of everything obviously we have guests on you know just about every week and you guys listen to their stories and listen to the grind and etc and you know and and it's been amazing so far but um, you know, we saw some of the listeners kind of wanted a episode of just, you know, kind of our dialogue, just talking about our own grinds and our own struggles and things we had to get through. And I thought it would be really cool to kind of do that just because, you know, obviously we're the hosts of the uh, Lighthearted podcast presented by Venmo. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you you know, you guys always um, hear stories from our childhood and, you know, those kind of things, but you don't really know, you know, the full story of, you know, both of our lives and kind of how we got here. So I thought it would be really cool to, we both thought it would be really cool to, you know, kind of have a episode about our grind.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, we we, we try and do like 15 to 20 minutes intro every episode before the guest comes on, uh, on the audio platforms, just for you guys to hear hear about what's going on in our lives, what we're up to just try and keep it current and and try and you know not make it so every single episode is just is just an interview um so this is just a just kind of an extension of that of you know how can we how can we sort of show more of ourselves to you guys and um, answer the questions that you guys want to hear about us and um you know like you said we we tell a lot of other people's stories so i think it's, it's only right that we you know we talk talk a little bit more about about us and where we came from and you know ask some of the questions that we're always asking our guests. I'm personally very excited to hear, hear you answer the lighthearted 10 personally. I feel like your, your lighthearted 10 is going to be wild. Um, oh
1: man. I didn't, think, I didn't even think <laughs> about that
0: one. Yeah. But, uh but not, nah, yeah, I think, I think it's uh as we round out 2019, I think it's, it's a good time to do that. We've b- both had eventful years and, um you know, I'm, I'm excited.
1: You know, we're both from, you know, from Maryland, but Mag let's kind of talk about, one, your upbringing. Obviously, I know your upbringing fairly well, but the listeners don't. So kind of talk about your upbringing, um, you know, the fam, and, you know, everything else.
0: Okay. Um, grew up in, in Maryland along with you. We didn't know each other, really, but we grew up kind of playing against each other. Um, probably you played for
1: the better, better AAU team, and I played <laughs> for, like, the... <laughs> the trash ones you got the last
0: laugh i was a, i was an early bloomer i was 12 years old with a size 12 shoe and like six feet which is why i have all the crazy like old shoes and i like the bait kanye babes and stuff because i was i could literally wear them like 16 14 years ago um but no i grew up in maryland um but luckily you know was super blessed to have both parents around uh younger brother named charlie who i'm seven and a half years older who's a brother to you as well, um, was always really, really into basketball, like very much so. I kind of put all my chips in into basketball really early on and um, was pretty intense about it from the time I was in like, you know, fifth or sixth grade was like working with trainers around the clock and playing like competitive AAU and, you know, would go work out at like DeMatha at like 6 a.m. on Saturday mornings. And and Montrose Christian, for those of you guys that don't know or who who might not be from the D.C. area, those are like the top basketball programs. Um, So really from an early age, I put I put a lot of a lot of time into into basketball and really like had a lot of Division One aspirations and and obviously professional aspirations also Um, was pretty good, was like nationally ranked in middle school. Um, got invited to all those like all American camps. I don't know if you remember the Adidas Phenom Camp and like the the, <laughs> yep. the which was in San Diego, and then uh, there was like a Nike Junior All American Camp, which was at Hoop Magic in Virginia, and then there was a Fre- Fab Frosh, a Freshman All American Camp. I got invited to that. I was yeah. I didn't like, <laughs> get invited to any of those. <laughs> well, it's funny because we spent we talk on these episodes about oh you know you ever look at those rankings and look about look at everybody who's not hooping anymore. Well, you're looking at one of them. So I I looked at the rankings a little too much, but, uh, but no, basketball was like, you know, it was how I define myself. It was like, it was everything for me. Um, got to high school, ended up, uh, getting recruited to play at at Sidwell Friends, which was an academic, an incredible academic school that I could have never gotten into otherwise. Um, really, really good school. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, politicians, children, and we went to school with, uh, you know, children of the president. And, um, it was just a really interesting experience, sort of a culture shock. Uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, and they weren't very good at basketball at the time because they were really, really good academically. But, you know, we, you and I were like kind of the first, along with Jamal, we're like the first people there that kind of finally got recruited to like turn the program around. Uh, we had an awesome coach named coach Singletary. Um, but yeah, so I got, got recruited to play there, played varsity all four years. Um, had really, really good freshman and sophomore years, um, around junior year. I don't know. I don't know if. I don't know what it was, but I just I started to like not play as well. I think I kind of got interested in some other stuff, lost focus a little bit. Got into definitely
1: with the Diamond Boys, bro.
0: <laughs> don't we're not gonna. Oh man, <laughs> oh man. Um, I, I did. I I wanted to be a rapper at one point. That's what he's referring to. But yeah, I just I you know I got interested in some other things. Ended up getting a girlfriend. We all know what having a girlfriend does to people when they're trying to focus. Um, you know, just for whatever reason, I, you know, the, the trajectory was, was not where it, where it was, um, ended up actually quitting basketball after my junior year, which was crazy. I know you remember that. Um, mm-hmm. and then was like, what the hell am I doing? And then decided to unquit and and rejoin the basketball team. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as, as anybody who's, who played basketball or any sport knows, you know, if you want to play in college, you're, the summer before your senior year is like everything. Um, and I didn't play AU that year because I quit. Um, and then I decided we won't say quit, we'll say retired. Yeah, I retired, resigned. Um, but anyway, so by the time I decided I wanted to play again, all the Division One schools had given up their spots. Ended up going to a Division Three school called Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, which is another amazing school that I could have not gotten into without basketball. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, went there and again, just like didn't really have um, the career that I had hoped. I don't know if it was part the system, part me not being locked in, uh, part me, you know, enjoying other aspects of college, to put it nicely, uh, <laughs> for whatever it was, again, just just didn't really, didn't really pan out. Um, but the good thing about Carnegie Mellon was I was surrounded by really, really smart people, computer scientists, business, like just, just all, all tons of brilliant people. And it really forced me to, to, uh, really question my identity and, and to no longer define myself as a basketball player, but really think about what interests me, um, you know, off the court. And that's when I fell in love with, you know technology, and I, I built a startup while I was in college with a couple friends that we ended up raising some money for and and launching in Pittsburgh, which ended up not succeeding, but le- took some amazing lessons from it. Um, ended up getting some great internships in like the music and entertainment space, and dah, 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 dah. so you know I know I've been rambling a little bit, but if I had to sum it up, you know, grew up super interested in basketball, and then was had that kind of taken away from me, and was really forced to to find other stuff, and I think that's honestly what led me you know to where I am now and you know now uh through like working with you and, and other guys and working with the PA I'm able to um impact the, actually the game and the culture of basketball and and the the sport in a way that I never would have you know been able to as a player so I'm I'm definitely grateful for for how it went I know that you asked me about my upbringing and I gave you a whole ass a whole ass thing but yeah that's that's uh that's me
1: yeah and I think that that's always you know for a lot of our guests that we have on here um, and obviously including yourself, like you, you never really know what you're going to do. You always have like a dream, and you always have a plan. But it's like, you know, it's it's always about the work and the grind. And you know, for you, it's like, oh, you know, you grew up kind of put, I don't want to say put all your eggs in that, you know, that basket of, of basketball. But um, you really wanted to focus on it. But then as time went on, you had other interests and other passions and things you thought you, you know you could really do well and really exceed at. You know, that's kind of like the cool part about your grind is because, you know, it'll be random times in college. I think it was right when you got out of college or towards like the end of, um, I want to say when you got out of college, I think I like when you started doing like the internship with Sony and you thought you wanted to do something in the music space. It was so funny because like you would text me randomly at like two o'clock. Like it had, it had to be like, you know, during college, probably like your junior, senior year of college. Like you would text me at like two o'clock and you'd be like. Like, we're having a conversation. You're like, Yeah, I'm in the studio with like G Herbo or something. Like, I'm just sending them, like, Yo, what? Like, what was really going through my mind was like, I'm like, Yo, what is this, like, little white dude from Gatesburg, Maryland? How did he, like, just get into, like, this studio with, <laughs> with like G Herbo and, and and all that stuff? And I think, like, one time you text me, um, I think it was at a, at a G Herbo, uh, Herbo show. I think it was like a brawl that, like, that just like popped off and you were like, yeah, man, I, la- I laid a hit in and I, and I, you know, I I bobbed the weave out of there and I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, my man went from, you know, wanted to play basketball then wanted to, you know, be a rapper with the Diamond Boys, shout out Diamond Boys um and and then you know going from into the music (laughs) going from into the uh you know thinking like you want to be oh working with something um you know in the music space to you know now just kind of consultant um marketing you know agency so it's just so crazy how you know time flies and how you know you never really know what you want to do until you're kind of doing it you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean a couple of things on that one i definitely lied about getting a hit in but i did bob and weave what really happened was <laughs> hey, i got Bennett. i got my ass i missed the first step but i immediately got my ass out of there and i think oh, that,
1: Bennett, that that's more important than getting a hit in bro, it was, <laughs> getting it, up out of there is the most was important in new part haven,
0: new haven connecticut which in i oh, don't know i'm sorry Hart, was it Hartford or new haven anyway it was in not a good area and i was just that whole situation really made me question question my existence but no, it's funny i mean you say like you know what's a white kid doing in a in the studio with like rappers at like 3am um it's a great question i think uh i've in my life i've i've always one i've always just enjoyed like meeting people and like connecting with people and um just kind of seeing where that goes. And I think whether it's, you know, sports or music, entertainment or marketing, all different industries, I think, in all of them, like a really necessary skill set is to be able to move from like situation to situation, you know, fluidly and speaking different languages and relate to different people and be able to move from like the boardroom to the studio, to the court, to the streets, to wherever you need to. And, um, I always feel, I felt like that's always been like a strength of mine is just to, you know, relate to different people and connect with them and hear their stories and share mine. And I think that's why we're having so much fun on the podcast. Cause this is just another, another version of that. But, um, yeah, those were some funny times. I'll figure out a way to get back to the music industry. I don't, I don't think it's going to be in being in the studio at at two or three AM though. And you know, being surrounded yeah, by weapons. You're
1: getting older, man. I don't know if you can do that anymore. <laughs> no. I.
0: Yeah, that was, that was an interesting time. But you know, like you said, you never know where you're going to, where life is going to take you. You just have to, uh, you just have to put yourself in situations and take risks. And you know, if, if uh, If you get an opportunity to do something, do it because you never know what that'll lead to and who you'll meet and who that person will introduce you to and what job you'll get. And, you know, if I look at every everywhere or everything that's happened to me in my life, it's all because of you could you could always like trace steps back and you can look at dots that connect and you can say well if I didn't do this and I wouldn't have met this person and this wouldn't have happened and then I wouldn't have got this job and then I wouldn't have been able to start my so it, it's all related it seems disjointed but it's all it all kind of you know it's if you have that mindset I think it all works towards the same thing
1: no but. definitely that was probably the um I want to say the one thing I'm most in, impressed about you um or let's say two things it would probably be just the kind of, you know, the grind aspect of what we kind of talked about, you know, because, you know, like I said, go, you know, going from, you know, in the studio with rappers at two in the morning to, you know, obviously interning at Sony, then, you know, interning at CA in the mailroom and, um, you know, working for a different agency you know, with I don't even know who that guy was that you worked for in the marina, and then you know, kind of branching out doing your own thing, and just kind of like that grind aspect, but also the um, the networking, like how how well uh, you're able to network, and I think that's something that I think a lot of people kind of overlook, and I I think that's probably one of the most important things in just business in general, just because you you know, one, you don't want to ever you know, come off as, you know, an asshole or um, rude or stuck up to anybody, but I you know you never know, you know, where, you know, people are going to be, you know, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, you, you could run into, you know, someone that was, you know, G Herbo's manager, you know, who you were with in his studio at three o'clock in the morning, you know, five years later, and he's doing something with Sony or he's like an executive with Sony on the music side or something like that. So, um, you know, that networking, um, that you were able to do, you know, I'm, I'm in awe about it cause you know, a lot of our <laughs> off the court ventures is because of, um, you know, your networking. So I, I would kind of say I'm very impressed about that. And anyone listening, I would probably say those are two of the biggest things you definitely have to have just that, that grinding mentality, but also, the ability to network and just meet new people and you know stay in touch with those people just because you never know you know you you never know where they will be you never know where you will be and you know if you do that you know things go by so much smoother
0: i appreciate that bro i mean it's, it's definitely something i take pride in and um it's it's something that is really difficult but also like you said really important like if you know obviously having a great network and and, and being a good networker is never a replacement for, you know, doing great work. But if you're able to build that network for yourself, everything just happens so, so much easier for you. If it's like, you know, a client has an idea, it's like, oh, cool. I know the right person from this place that can make this happen. Or, oh, you know, a client wants to work with a certain athlete or influencer. Oh, cool. I know that person. Like you just, you know, I tend to take, take it for granted almost, you know, how, how, much easier. I'm able to get things done because of the the networking that that I've I've done for myself over the, over the years over the, the course of my career. And um, you know, a situation that I'm able to do that might take one second. You know, to someone watching it, they're like, "Oh, that only took Matt a second. He wasn't you know working that hard." Or um, you know, you know, it's easy to compare to say like, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sitting behind a desk for ten hours, um, but it's like you know, Matt just made." you know, one, one connection or, or one phone call and like, you know, it was able to get a lot done. Um, and my, my answer to that would be, yes, it took one second, but it really took, you know, 10 years of building that network. And cause you really never know, um, when, you know, first of all, you build relationships for the right reasons and connect with people and add value and help them. But at the same time, you never know who in your network, you know, will be able to assist you at any given moment. So to not only continue building it, but also nurture, you know, every relationship that you have and, and continue to add value and stay, stay relevant and stay top of mind to people is like really a full-time, it's a full-time job really. Um, and you know, I'm glad to hear you, hear you say that and hear you appreciate it. Cause I, you know, I feel good about some of the stuff that we got going on. And, you know, like you said, we've done some cool stuff from the investment side and all that. And, um, you know, we're, you know, both continuing to expand our network
1: yeah no definitely and like that's what's so it's just so cool obviously you know networking like you said it's not an easy thing to do you know just going and having you know kind of full-blown conversation with people you just met you know 10 minutes ago and stuff like that but um like I say you never know where anyone's gonna be like there's people who picked me up for pre-draft workouts you know from the airport and you know there might be like a, a random like video coordinator for um you know for one organization and then you know, um, what three years in the league now? So that was my junior year in college, and some of those guys now are, you know, in front office positions and uh, on coaching staffs and those kind of things. So it's like you always want to treat them, you know, properly, just because as a person, that's what you want to be. But that networking aspect is always so, you know, so important, even in my, you know, my line of work, because you know, one, people talk. You know, it's a it's a small world out there, um, and like I said, you just never know where know people are going to be so yeah i mean look at look at uh griff right
0: griff started as an intern with the phoenix suns yep and slowly worked his way up and and it now is one of the most highly regarded you know minds in the game so
1: yep it, spolstra and you know you you can just go down the list of people that have been in or at least just in the nba and then that's just one uh profession where people just you know grinded from an intern or a video coordinator and now they're you know, calling the shots and they're, you know, making the plays and they're the ones that's like, you know, negotiating those contracts. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you just never know. Especially too in the
0: league, like how many times have you heard, you know, we, we always talk about it. Once you get a label, whether it's on the court or off the court, it's really hard to shed that label. So it's like, how many times have you heard someone be like, oh, like, you know, he could play, but he's an asshole, he's a headache, or he's going he's gonna to give the front office trouble. And then you hear of guys who are like, yeah, he's good, but like, He's an amazing locker room guy, and like he's not going to give us a headache. And, and not only that, but he'll make everybody around him, you know, better.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I, obviously, I don't want to, you know, there's a couple of people that kind of pop into my mind when, you know, when we have that conversation. But uh, I don't want to, you know, put their names out there single them out or anything like that. But you know, there's guys in the league who's probably, you know, th- that are not in the league. Sorry, that are, oh my god, just so talented. You know, there's, you know, probably the one of, if not the most talented basketball player like I've ever seen play, ever played with or whatever, you know, isn't even in the league right now. And he, and no, it's not because, you know, the talent's not there or anything like that. It's just, and, and not that they're assholes, but it's just. You always want to be treating people the right way and you want to be a great locker room guy. You want to be a great team guy. And, you know, you said it in one one of the interviews before. You know, some people get paid just to not be headaches. Some people get paid just to be professionals because you need that kind of culture um, in the locker room. But you need that kind of culture in, you know, other professions, not even basketball. You know, just good people who do things the right way. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, There'd be people that you were like, oh, man, these could, these dudes could really be, you know, a great NBA player, a great, you know, a great businessman or whatever. But they just don't. And they got all the tools and all the talent. But it's just, you know, they just don't all put it together in the right way. Totally.
0: Um, I want to take a step back, though, because we dove into my childhood a little bit. I want to talk about talk about your upbringing, you know, where you're from, what you were like as a kid. What you're into when, when you discovered basketball your relationship with your parents all that
1: um yeah so obviously uh i grew up in silver spring maryland um you know the biggest thing for me I, like you know like y'all was very fortunate to have uh a mother and a father both in my life um i had you know and, and anyone that knows them or knows about them it's just kind of too hard-working you know blue-collar pe- you know people my dad was a wait waiter. no my dad was a chef my mom was a waitress i get getting mixed up um uh and you know that's kind of how they met one they were both from st louis so they kind of moved to maryland um and, and that's kind of how they met but for me it was always um no, just grinding, and, and I started playing basketball at a very early age, probably around seven, just because I had a older brother and an older sister who both played basketball. So, I was the the baby that always got um, shout out, young guys, bullied. <laughs> 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 uh, I was I was the young kid I always got bullied. Um, that that would try to tag along with them and try to play pick up and stuff like that with you know their friends and those you know the older kids. So that was um kinda of my childhood. You know, we we were um like I said, two, you know, hard working people, you know, we didn't have um a bunch of access money, you know, you know, my, my parents major. Sure, um we were able to kinda of do, you know, whatever we wanted to do and, you know, kind of whatever we love to do and um, you know, very fortunate for that. Went to private school, you know, just all the way up till tenth grade. So like, I got, you know, Recruited to to Sewell Friends School, which I had no idea how hard it was going to be academically until I got there, and I knew after the first day I was like, "Oh boy, this is going to be a little, <laughs> this is going to be a long year," but you know, things kind of just aligned perfectly. Unfortunately, uh, after my tenth grade year, I was asked not to come back to Sewell Friends School, but luckily I had uh, great parents and classmates and teammates you know guys like yourself um jamal lewis uh phil mcgloin uh you know nikki bravo i can go down the list i obviously your parents uh you know th- there's this i just i don't want to you know dave mcgloin i don't want to leave anybody out i'm trying to make sure i get everybody in there but um you know to kind of just help me be reinstated back into the and you know things kind of took off from there academically um I felt like I made strides, and you know, obviously, I was fortunate enough to get a you know basketball scholarship to Villanova, and um, and, you know, and you got to probably figure it out from there. <laughs> it's all. it's
0: all she wrote. <laughs> nah, but bro, your I mean, your story is crazy because you know, obviously, we we've known each other for so long, and I'm I'm you know I'm very used to you know the Josh of today, um, and if I compare you know what you've be you know how how far you've come and and what you've developed into um you know compared to when you first got to Sidwell it's just absolutely insane like it's it's not you're not even the same I mean you're all, you're always gonna be that same person but you just you know you 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 took yourself to a new level like when I think I'm not I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put all your business out there but like when you first came to Sidwell you I think you were like kind of like stealing some shit <laughs> at times um
1: nah bro what, what, what you talking about Willis <laughs>
0: but like, you know, you were, you were, um, you just hadn't really been, been challenged to, to dig deep and, um, and, you know, really push yourself in that way. And I can't even imagine how hard I struggled at Sidwell. And I had been in in private school prior to that. You, you came from, you know, a public school where you, you weren't necessarily held accountable. You were able to, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if you were like skipping class or whatever, but you were able to just kind of do whatever, whatever you want. And then you come into this like incredibly rigorous environment, you know, fish out of water. Um, and I just can't imagine like that first year, what, like what was going through your head, honestly, Col- like culturally and academically.
1: It, it was definitely one of the the hardest years for me. Um, I, I think it was so different. Like I said, I, I always went to public school. Um, like I said, I had two, you know, d- two parents, um, you know, so, you know, we never really, you know, like I said, we never had crazy excess money, um, but we weren't, you know, struggling. Um, But for me, it was just, you know, such a culture shock just because, you know, uh, our house just burned down. We moved to an apartment, you know, I went from going out there like, when you, you know, when you see when you guys are on the street or whatever, you're driving and you see like kids on the side of the street, like with a sign in a bucket, like, you know, trying to get money for, you know playing in a tournament, you know, in Florida or something like that, like, that was me, like, that's what I did, like, you know, that's kind of, like, how I was able to fund myself to go to, like, basketball camps and how I was able to, um, fund, um, myself and the family to go to, like, uh, Florida when we played in Nationals and stuff like that, so, like, you know, I went, you know, went from that, um, you know, that kind of lifestyle to, um, well, which was totally different because obviously it was on the total opposite side of the spectrum I went from you know from public school to a place where people paid $33,000 a year you know to go to school it was like a full-blown like college tuition type thing so like I would walk around and you know people would be leaving like like north faces around and like back back then at least I don't know about everywhere else but in Maryland like when I was in high school, like North Faces, like no, like those were the shits. It was like if you had a North Face, like you're like you're popping or whatever. So people were just like leaving North Faces around, like they'll be in the lost and found, like it would just be like random stuff like that, like people leaving wallets around, leave, people leave just leaving like just just crazy stuff. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, yo, bro, what? Like, what is this? And obviously, academically, it was. Like I swear to God, like I, I thought people were speaking different languages. Like it, it just wasn't kind of what I was used to. And like, I would, you know, I'll answer a question and I'm like, Oh, I got this. Like I'll write like a little essay question, or whatever. And then I'll get it back. And it's like, a s like a C minus D. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're kind of just scratching the surface. You got to go, you got to go deeper. And I was just sitting there like, like, um, well, you know, what are they talking about? Like what? and you know i i like read other people's um you know answers and i'm just sitting there thinking like yo what are they even talking about like i don't know how to explicate these poems i don't know how to like dive down e- you know into like old english talking about um like what were the, what, were the, what were some of the stuff that we used to read oh um, man like canterbury tales not, the, yeah canterbury tales great expectations the, charles dickens great, yeah like i like that old Romeo english and stuff like, i I could not do it, and, like, it was such a struggle for me, just that, you know, that part of it, like, the only thing that really, like, I was, like, I felt like I fit in-wise was just basketball, just because, like I said, you know, you know, I talked about academically, I talked about, kind of, like, a little bit of lifestyle change, you know, obviously everyone there kind of had money, so, like, people would go off campus and go to eat, you know, to go to Chipotle, to go to, um... Yeah, you know, what was Z Burger? Z Burger. You know, with around there McDonald's and stuff like that. And I'm just like, Yeah, no, I'll just eat in the cafeteria just because, like I didn't have any like spare money to to eat at those like random places. And it's like looking back, I'm like, dang, like you was, know, like seven dollars for a burrito. But like that was you know, that was kinda like the reality of it. And now you um, got a now you got a Chipotle
0: for life free free burrito card. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Full bro. circle. Like, what, well, I, well, I told you like it's so crazy for me just because like I um, just did a barter deal with a car company out here, Supreme Auto. Shout out to Supreme Auto, um, which I'm going to do some stuff with, uh, soon. But like, you know, I got a, a an all blacked out Tahoe. Um, so I actually got that picked up, uh, probably a little bit less than a week ago. I want to say, you know, I you know came home and I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, like dog, like this is like crazy for me. Like I own a house, you know, in front of the house have three cars. And it's like, you know, I grew up, obviously we had a house and then when that burned down, we, you know, we had a, uh, you know, an apartment, but, you know, sometimes we, we might have one car, you know, sometimes we, you know, we didn't have a car at all and it was taking the buses to play, you know, when I used to play Little League football, I used to take buses, you know, with full like, like pads, cleats and all that. And it was, you it know, it's a football practice. How many of you were
0: in that two bedroom? Because uh, you had, two, you, both your parents, both your siblings. And then, did any of your siblings have, like, significant others that would sometimes stay with you, too?
1: Yeah, so we had, um, you know, my parents, we had my brother, my sister, and then my brother had a kid that he knew from his childhood, I guess, had a family tragedy or whatever. So he kind of, um, we, you know, my dad kind of took him in, just kind of being the person he is. And so it was, like, six of us in, like, this two bedroom apartment. And it was just, it was just crazy, so, like, all that kind of happened at, you know, at once, and kind of, like, in one year, and it was just, like, it was such a shock for me, and, like, when I got asked not to come back, I was, like, there was two parts of it, part of it was relief, because I was, like, 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 cool, I can go, you know, to Montrose, or I can go to Oak Hill, or You know, one of them other like just basketball. I don't even call them schools. I call them like basketball factories, where it's just like they just churn out D one, you know, prospects. And I don't got to worry about all like the extra stuff and all like the, the money and and, you know the academics and all that because it was just, it it was that year was just so hard for me. But then part of it was just kind of like, dang, I kind of wanna, kind of wanted to finish there, finish what I started. I met great people there, like yourself and, you know, my boy. Um, you know, Phil, was one of my best friends now, I met, you know, some of the other guys from other, you know, school, I met my, you know, my girlfriend now, who was, like, one of my best friends at the time there, and it was just like, Halloween, you know, it was sophomore like that year. I remember that, yeah, yeah, you know what, side note, if, just so everyone knows, when I said I got kicked out, and a lot of people rallied behind me to um, kind of get me reinstated back in this, well, my girlfriend did not do a Oh, it was, damn! It was crickets. She, it was crickets. Yeah, she didn't write a letter to the headmaster like a lot of the kids. She didn't do phone calls. She didn't do a meeting. She didn't even write on the Facebook the Facebook group wall. We had a Facebook
0: group. Let Josh stay what, was the name of the group.
1: Yeah, let Josh stay. I don't even know if she added the yeah. added the group. It'd be your own, bro. And this was supposed was to be one of my close friends at the time. So, anyone, if you're you know a listener or whatever, and you see her and you recognize her, like give her a little bit of shit tell her like keep that. that same energy yeah keep that same energy <laughs> um
0: but no it's just i mean even obviously like you know i was there for it so i i know the story but even just like hearing us talk about it again is so crazy because you know if i fast forward to now and then this isn't even not even counting the fact that you were you know a four-year four-year guy at villanova um you know did well there but the fact that i mean now I think like the reputation and the the brand that's you, like you've built for yourself in the NBA is like, you know, really, really high character, really smart, business savvy, you know, innovative. You know, you're you have a podcast, you're investing in startups, you're leading the charge in the gaming space, you have a LinkedIn, like that's not just something that all NBA players do. I think a lot of guys just hoop. And so the fact that one, you're doing it is 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 awesome, but the fact that you're doing it. And you ever, like, think about, like, the things that you're doing now, the things that you think about, where you're at from a business standpoint, and then think about, like, that kid sophomore year who was, like, about to get kicked out who didn't want to think about anything other than basketball?
1: Um, sometimes. So, like, for me, I, I just think, like, you know, it's just so different for me um, just because, obviously, I always wanted this life and always – um, dreamed of it but like it's just so surreal to actually be in it like I said like it'll be random times where I'll be driving or like I'll you know pull up you know I'll just you know drive into the park you know into my driveway I'm just thinking I'm like dang like this is this is crazy or if there was like a you know an, an article or get like a different sponsor deal for like you know a gaming company I'm like man I used to just playing you know in high school just now, when we did have a system like i had ps2 didn't have a ps3 i kind of didn't have an xbox 360 because we couldn't afford those two. um but like now i'm just like yo this is this is crazy because i always dreamed about it and i'm not going to sit here and be like oh yeah i always thought um this would happen because i didn't because i you know i, I just didn't know um kind of what was going to happen so you know looking back at it, i'm just kind of like one, it was a grind and a struggle, but like now I'm just kind of like, I'm happy about it just because I know, you know, I am who I am because of all of those, you know, different moments and all, you know, you know, put together.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, and even from a basketball standpoint in high school, like there were some times <laughs> Singletary drove me through a damn wall. I wanted to kill that man.
1: Oh yeah. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> without a doubt
0: i mean between him and coach right you had two two coaches for four years i mean each eight years total that or three you were at so well three years four years at um villanova seven years of just getting like your shit handed to you from a from a coach and like really you know challenging you to but be a even my, better person even
1: my uh freshman year my freshman year in high school where i went to wheat and i kind of said it wasn't as strict but he, like, his name was, like, Sharif Hashem. But he was he was on my ass. And it would just be about just random stuff. What it, you know, it might be on the court. Like, he, he doesn't think I'm doing, you know, everything I'm supposed to be doing. Or, like, you know, like, off the court. And obviously public school, like, you know, it's the thing to be the cool kid. So, like, I was trying to be, like, one of the cool kids. I was, like, the, you know, one of the jocks. Uh, you know, the freshman playing on varsity, stuff like that. So, I will be, you know, kind of chilling. I had my swag. I would, like, sag my pants and stuff like that. And then, you know, like one day I come home and, you know, my dad's talking to me like, I forgot what he said. He said something, but he was like, you know, basically like, you know, Sharif called him and saying like, you know, sagging my pants and, you know, trying to be like the cool kid and da, da, da. And my dad was like, let me get one more phone call like this. And you won't won't be wearing jeans for the rest of you. You'll be wearing like shorts and you'll be like, it was just stuff like that. So it was like I had eight years of people just kind of just holding me accountable, you know, on the basketball court, but most importantly off of the basketball court. And, you know, that's kind of why, you know, I am who I am today just because of all those people were constantly, you know, on my ass. I always want to say like, i'm you know oh, i was self-made because at the end of the day you know you always you know it always comes kind of comes from you know within and kind of comes from in you and if you don't want to do it um you know it doesn't happen and if you do you know it kind of happens but you know it took a village (laughs) as you know it took a village to get me here and i think that's kind of the uh the best part about it
0: yeah one other uh part of your childhood that I know you didn't mention. I don't know if it was strategic or not, but I'm, I'm not going to let it go by. Uh, for those of you who who don't know, Josh was a, was a boy scout. Um, and we joke about it. Like we laugh about it and we're, (laughs) But that shit's serious and it takes commitment. And I think, you know, your dad is, is such one, such an amazing guy. But, but two, you know, he's all, his big thing has always been like, you know, finish what you start, whether it's, you know, sticking it out at Sidwell or staying off for years of college or, or the Boy Scouts. He's, he's always kind of been on you about that. And I remember, uh, so you, I mean, I'm not even doing it justice. You're an Eagle Scout, which is a really, really, really high honor that most people quit before they get to and you you made it all the way to Eagle Scout and your you know I think your dad was a, a big reason for that and i remember it was uh i think it was junior year uh, peach jam which you know for those of you guys that don't know it was on the EYBL circuit um was it EY, EYBL back then
1: um, yeah was it was so EYBL a, yeah,
0: EYBL it's like the essentially the biggest the biggest AAU tournament of the year the best the best nike teams on the circuit are there tons of college coaches tons of uh, recruiting services, any, anyone that you could possibly want to be playing in front of was there. Um, and I, and your dad was like, gonna make you skip unless you got one of your patches or one of your, one of your badges or something. And I was just like, Oh, my God, like, this is crazy, Like, he's, you know, really, really preaching this, this commitment in, in, in a really good way. And I think you were pissed about it, but you you got it done. Um, I feel like looking back that I mean, you have to value that
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Like I said, I I got into that. So my brother um, was a Boy Scout, and um, he made it all the way to to be an Eagle Scout. But he kind of got in it, you know, as a kid. So um, I kind of, you know, being a little brother that I was, and most little brothers are, you know, you kind of tag along. So he joined it, so I joined. Um, And one one of my best friends at the time, Greg Gabboy's, was like my, that was my guy, um, and he he was in it, so I was like, okay, cool, like, my brother's doing it, um, you know, my friend Greg's doing it, so, like, I'm gonna just do it, kind of just went from there, and, uh, you know, went all the way through, Cub Scouts, um, went to Boy Scouts, and then just kind of, like, slowly fizzled out, like, I didn't really want to do it anymore, um, and my dad kind of always wanted me to kind of finish, so probably, like, freshman year in high school dad's kind of like oh you know like you want you want you to promise me like you're finishing and like any high school kid does like his dad says something like that i'm like uh yeah whatever like basically like whatever i can say to get you to shut up so i can go do whatever i want to do like i'm gonna say it so i'm like oh yeah yeah i'll finish it whatever so i don't think anything about it the next two years just focus on basketball you know um and this is when i get to you know i don't want to say i'm you know good i was pretty good um at the, at this point you know, you know was playing with team takeover and um you know i got back from practice my junior year in high school and i was taking a bus so i just hopped off the bus my dad wanted to take me on a drive i was like all right cool like let's, uh, we can go somewhere whatever and we pull up to to the meeting and i like look at him like the hell are we doing and he was just kind of like, you know, you made me a promise, um, you know, do your finishes. So, you know, you're going to finish it. And I was just like, man, I'm not trying to do this. Obviously, I didn't say it to him at that point because I would have <laughs> slapped my ass straight. But I was just in my mind. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, not what I want to do. So I kind of like kind of BSed it a little bit, like did a little bit, but like didn't go all the way through with a lot of the stuff. But then he was like, he knew I wanted to play basketball. So he was like, all right, you know, well, how can I get through to him? He was like, and then he started giving me that kind of like ultimatum. Like, you know, if you don't finish this, you, like, you can't go to Peace Jam. And I thought it was sweet. I thought it was like, oh, he's not serious. Like, he's not really going to do this. Like, like, I can go get a scholarship somewhere. He ain't going to do this. And, you know, probably like a month or so after that thinking, when I thought that, um, there was a top 100 camp. It was like NBA top one hundred camp. It's like hundred of the best players that, you know in the country, a high school players that the country are gonna be there, et cetera. So I get an invite, and my dad was like, No, you can't go. You have to go on this camping trip with with the Boy Scouts. And was, I'm sitting there Was I'm this like, the one at UVA? Like, um, yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, bro, are you serious? Like, this is my like one of my first times I'm in like invited to like a nationwide camp where like everyone's gonna be there et cetera, et cetera. and he's like no like you told me you're gonna finish it you know you're not fully invested in it you know you have to do this trip or like you know one of the trips like you know like a two-week span to finish a badge that I had to do or whatever so he was like no you're not going you know you're you're going on a camping trip and um you know that's that so that's kind of how the person he was and you know as the as a kid you don't realize what your parents trying to teach you, uh, you know, at that you know point in time. But now looking back at it, I'm like, you know, I, I understood everything that he kind of taught me and, and kind of wanted me to be. So I kind of try to take that into, um, you know, kind of what I do now and kind of how I carry myself now.
0: Yeah. Something I'm always, you know, thinking about and curious about. Um, I think it's a little bit more applicable for you one, cause you're going to have a kid soon. Wouldn't be, <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't be an episode if I didn't slip that in. But two, you also make more money than I do. How, when you grow up, you grow up the way that you grew up. And I think how you grow up made you who you are. I don't, I don't think you would be Josh Hart if you weren't, you didn't grow up hungry like you did and, and, and with that work ethic. So how do you find that balance or how will you find that balance between um, giving your kids everything that you didn't have um, and not ha- wanting them to struggle the, in the way that you did but also you know instilling those values in them that, that made you who you are
1: when I tell you bro like that's probably the like the, the one like the one thing I'll probably like the most worry about when I'm like when I have a kid Because it bro if you, know, you treat your kids like you treat your dog they're gonna <laughs> they're, oh my god they're gonna they're be gonna so good. bad they're gonna be so bad bro like and it's and I talk to Shannon about this all the time. She gives me so much um like shit for it because she's like like you can't discipline your dog, how you think you're gonna discipline your kids? Da 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 da. da. So like but I'm so like I'm so scared comes like how am I gonna get them to realize like you know how we how you're growing up how you're going to grow up and how you're growing up is not remotely close to you know the real world you know what i mean because you know they're always gonna i'm like to my like until the day i die i'm always gonna make sure they're good their kids kids good and and everything like that's like my main goal i want to make sure you know i have a generational wealth and you know take care of you know generations of the heart family but i'm just so nervous i'm just i don't want them to feel like they're entitled or they're better than anyone just because, you know, it just that's not real life. So I that's probably like the one thing, you know, I am probably scared about with becoming a dad is make trying to find a balance for it. And we kinda talked about it a little bit with Kalo on uh, on that episode, but um that one's like the, the part I'm really, really worried about. Just cause I know I'm going to spoil the hell out of him. I know Shannon's gonna spoil him. I know Uh, my parents are like you guys are like it's gonna like they're going to be spoiled all the way around but it's like i had to try to find a balance between that and keeping them grounded
0: that's so hard uncle ice is going to be in that bitch with gifts every day
1: oh my god what like it's just going to be so crazy bro because there's going to be so many people that's going to be around like i said you guys and then it's going to be even like random stuff like you know, Chef Tasha, you know, you guys that don't know, I have a, a chef down in New Orleans. Uh, her name is Natasha. Um, I don't want to put her whole government out there, but I think it's Chef Tasha underscore Nolas. her IG, so follow her. Tell her Jay Hart sent you. Get a, If you're down here, get some meal prep, fire food. But it's like, it's going to be totally because, re- like I said, they're going to be spoiled. And then, you know, they're going to be three years old and, you know, get there. And she's going to be like, oh, well. You know, I want you know my first. You know, hopefully my first one's a boy, and I wanted to be named after me. So it was like, oh JJ, what do you want to eat? Like, and like he'd be sitting there like three of those, like oh I want a poke bowl or like something like that. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm so he's gonna be so just sport. He's gonna get whatever he wants. So I don't know, bro. That that's gonna be I'm gonna be leaning on a lot of people. You know, when, when that day comes, not sure when it will come, but um. I will be bleeding on a lot of people. <laughs> I love how we just slipped that question in like, and I, and it was like a serious question and we gave like a heartfelt, like, uh, I don't know. Like you would have thought if you're listening to this episode, like, dang, he must be ha- about to have a kid in like a month or something. Like his girl must be like eight months pregnant. No, no. She's, she's not even one month pregnant. You know, it's just, um, I don't know. No nah, i mean soon. we
0: we joke about it a lot, like we joke about um you know, I think in every single episode, I say something about you having a kid in the next year, and we do joke about it, but at the same time, like you the one thing that that strikes me about you is like how family oriented you are, and like you know you talk about like you know family and the family that you want to have for yourself more than like anyone I know, and you're always like, I want to have four kids, and then I want them to have a bunch of kids, and I want to be the old ass grandpa that has a a big ass house and has everybody over for the holidays and has like 16 little cousins running around
1: and that's exactly what i want <laughs> and it's like i want to have a kid sometime soon i'm not sure whether that's the next year or two years um my thing i'm t- you know if, if two years go by and i don't i'm gonna be i'll be looking at shannon I'm like all right it's time <laughs> but not yet i am very i i know exactly what i want i want like you said i want Four kids, two boys, two girls. Already got most of the names picked out. I want to retire back, you know, back in Maryland. But Shannon doesn't want to because of the because he doesn't want to have the cold. So maybe somewhere warmer. But well, like I said, I want to have a big house with a big, big yard. I want I want to have everyone over there for Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas, you know, Memorial Day weekend, July Fourth, like New Year's, like all that stuff. I want that to be a my house i want to have the fun house and, and stuff like that so um yeah that's that's I'm, I'm a very family oriented guy i love hanging out with the fam and doing stuff like that so um yeah that's, that's gonna be the life of jay hart
0: my single ass is still is just gonna be there just hanging out yep. i said my single ass is just gonna be there <laughs> hanging out no kids i'll, I'll
1: have a dog though Hey man, that's all. Hey, may- maybe you have two at the time. Two dogs? Oh, yeah. Maybe you have two. I'm gonna have two dogs. You're about to get your your uh, your second one, right? Soon. Yeah, bro. I told you, like, I like I am very like I want all my stuff. Like I I planning out all my stuff. Like I said, one I four kids. I have to have two dogs. It's gonna be two rots, um, and stuff like that. Like I want to have all that, but I also want it to be like. like I have, like, a vision in my my mind. I'm just like, oh, that would be the perfect family. So every time I see a family with, like, four kids and two dogs, like, I'm in, like, love. I'm like, oh, man. Like, they have the life.
0: Did you see uh, the football player from Michigan State? Nah. So his, um, it's really sad, but he lost both of his parents. And he, uh. On see- Oh, with
1: the dogs. Yeah, yeah, he walked out with
0: his two dogs on senior night. They're the cutest yeah. dog, bro. They're pit uh, pit bull boxer mixes.
1: They're very cute. But yeah, obviously, like I said, you know that's the perfect family for myself. But kind of getting back to reality, um, and, and current events. You know, we all, you know, we kind of started this podcast to let listeners kind of get into our world and listen to different athletes um, and kind of their grind and different CEOs and businessmen and businesswomen about kind of how they got here. And being an entrepreneur was a constant theme in most, if not every episode. And I don't want to brag or anything, but I think both of us are very entrepreneurial or at least we have a good start at least for our age of being entrepreneurs and when I say we both I mean mostly you and luckily you're able to you know like the little brother uh I kind of am I'm able to tag along and you you bless me with great opportunities but kind of talk about you know your entrepreneurial mindset and kind of you know have you always had that you know and if not what made you have you know what made you have it because i think you have a very good um you know mindset for those things
0: first off you got to give yourself more credit bro i don't i don't know any players in your draft class that are uh that are, are doing what you're doing off the court i mean if you could name one i'm i'm happy to uh, I mean zoe's got a pretty prolific off the court pre- presence but um i think it's just a different lane um yeah i think for me I I first off I've I've always had a problem with uh authority. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I don't I never reacted well to being told what to do or when to do it, even back in in high school with coach Singletary like I, you know, as much of a headache as he gave me, I think I gave him one right back. Um you probably asked my parents the same thing. So I've, I've never really been good at at listening to other people. Um I always um I always kind of, you know, beat to my own my own drum and always kind of wanted to do things my own way and you know, I just honestly I I was I think I think we're in a time where like entrepreneurs are um becoming like more and more important in society. I think there's people like Gary Vee and like, you know, whether people agree with, you know, him or not, I think we're we're in a time where, you know, being an entrepreneur is is finally, you know, being looked at as like you know, being on the same level as like an athlete, you know, like you have like the scooter bronze and you just have incredible people who are business, you know, amazing business people and really pushing, you know, culture and the world forward. Even like, you know, even if you look at like some of the most important people in the world today, they're business people. They're the Mark Zuckerberg's Elon Musk, like, like they're entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, I I think I, I saw that happening, you know, five, six years ago, um, it's what I wanted for myself. I, I, you know, I studied those people. I, you know, I started to think about what I want to do and what I want to be. And you know, ultimately, what I what I arrived at, and I think what what most people will probably agree with is that the really the only way to have true freedom and and true wealth is to is owner is to have ownership and and to own your own shit. Um, and you could have an amazing paying job, but if you are, you know, reporting somewhere on a, at a certain, certain time every day for other, for other people, it's going to be really hard to, to build real wealth and real ownership and, and actually have freedom. Um, cause that's, that's why we work and that's why we, we make money at the end of the day is to have freedom to, to not have to think about money and to do what, what it is that we want and to live the lives that we want is really about freedom. And, um, you know, I just saw that early on and I wanted that for myself and I figured, you know, starting a company is always risky, but it's probably the longer I wait, the riskier it is. And I think that sounds backwards to some people. I think some people would say, well, you should wait till you have more experience or you should wait till you've been in the workforce longer. But to me, the closer I am to having kids and a wife, the more riskier it is. So, my mind, if I'm like, you know, if I'm in my early to mid 20s and I could start something and I have no overhead and I can, you know, cut down my cost of living and, you know, be frugal in exchange for, um, you know, giving myself. You know the time to to take a risk on something, then I'll do that ten times out of ten. You know when I have, when I have a kid to a mouth to feed and and a roof that I have to keep over his head, it's not going to be any easier. So, I just you know I that was always my mindset, and I always you know even when I was really big into basketball, I was always very into like you know culture and music and sports and entertainment. I was just very into like what was happening in the world, and I would study it, and I felt like I had a good understanding of it, and I always knew that there were you know, somehow be a way to, to monetize that. I didn't know quite what it was, but I knew there would be a way. And, um, I just tried to put myself in, in the right situations and meet the right people. And, you know, now I'm finally at a point where, um, I'm able to take everything that I'm passionate about and actually get, get paid to, you know, to do it, um, and to help people understand it and to help, the, help them implement it into their daily lives. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, in the same way that, that, you know, you feel like you're, you're living the life that you always wanted to live. I think, you know, for me, for, for the majority of the first part of my life, I wanted to be doing what you're doing. I wanted to like get paid to play basketball. But as that became less and less of a reality in my mind, I was like, all right, well, what's the next best thing? What will allow me to stay competitive, um, stay, you know, stay motivated, um, hopefully gain some recognition from it. Um, because, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, they all want to be highly regarded. Rich, Rich Kleiman said it best in the episode. He's like, I never wanted to be famous. I just wanted to be regarded. Um, and that was kind of always me. I just wanted to be respected. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm, you know, hopefully, hopefully getting there and, um, you know, a lot, a lot more work to be done, but, um, excited about where, where I'm at entrepreneurially and, and where you're at entrepreneurially and and where we're able to, you know, intersect.
1: Yeah, and, and for people that don't know, if it, you know, if you guys are new to the Lighthearted podcast or, you know, whatever, you know, Matt started a consulting slash marketing agency with two of his friends um, out in L.A. Cut and sew. Um, but you talked about, you know, the risks and you know, being frugal. And so just kind of talk about, like, when you guys started, like, what was going through your mind? Because obviously there's there's so much, you know, there's an the amount of fear because you're like, oh, like, what if this doesn't work out? Like, I might be wasting, you know, a year, two years of my life. or Like, I'm quitting a job where, you know, I kind of have a little bit of stability to go into something where, you know, I have no idea what can happen. So kind of talk about that and also talk about, you know, the frugal part because frugal in LA, like it doesn't, it doesn't really go together. Like that's not the norm. LA, you know, you walk down to a block and you see two Lambo, a Ferrari, and a Rolls Royce, and everyone has watches and you know designer clothes and everything like that. So, kind of talk about as someone who's you know twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, putting the you no know, the business in front of yourself, and you know not going with the fancy cars or the fancy watches or the fancy clothes and just, you know, buckling down and saving your money and kind of really investing and involving yourself with really what you want to do.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: first I mean, off, that was I'll, a very long question. Nah, it, was, <laughs>
0: it was a great, it was a great one. I mean, I'll be the first to admit I'm not perfect. You know, you know, probably better than anyone. You've, you've seen me at my moments, you've seen me make an impulse purchase here and there, you know, you had me, uh, you had me go to beverly hills to buy your girlfriend a bag that you that you that you forgot to get her for a gift and then i came back with a watch Terrible. for myself so yep. you know by no means am i perfect i've i've had a couple slip ups i i like nice things as as does everybody that being said you know i do keep the bigger picture in mind and i do you know i'm finally at a point in my life where where i value you know i value having <laughs> cash in the bank. I I really do. I, to me, that's freedom to me. Like, you know, the more, the more capital that you can accumulate that the more that you can, you know, act how, you know, live the life that you want to live, not from a material standpoint, but from a, from a happiness and from like a freedom standpoint. So, you know, I, I'm not even necessarily answering your question directly, but when we first started, it was, it was terrifying. It was, it was very, very risky. You know, I went from a job where I got a paycheck every two weeks to starting something where, you know, who knows how long it would take, uh, for us to, to be able to pay ourselves. Luckily it happened very, very quickly. Um, you know, pretty shortly after we started our company, we had, you know, a client paying us a monthly, a monthly retainer, which was, which was awesome. And it really allowed us to build from there and, and kind of continue to grow the business and get one, you know, one more client and one more and one more. But um, you know, it's, it's it's it was scary. Anytime you go from um, having you know a job with a steady paycheck to foregoing that it it, it is scary. But like I said to my earlier point about, you know, having cash, that's what I mean. You know, that, that cash gives you freedom. When you're confident in what you've saved, when you're living within your means, when you're not, you know, splurging and, and spending money on stupid things, you have the freedom to take risks and bet on yourself and forecast out, you know, how, how many months of expenses you have saved up, what your monthly budget is and, and how long you can really afford to go without, making money. Um, and I think that's what most people don't really do is, um, they want to live the life that they're not quite ready to yet. So I think that any, and like I said, I've done it, like I've, I've, (laughs) I've definitely fallen victim to that by no means am I perfect, but I think that a lot of people, you know, in our generation would rather like look rich than be rich, if that makes sense. Um, and I think when you, when you're really good about saving, that's when you can take the risks, bet on yourself, start that business that you've always wanted to start, and then really be rich. So I was nervous, but I was also confident because I, you know, like I said, I had some money saved up. I, I felt like it was a calculated risk. I felt like my floor was very high. I was a collegiate basketball player at a top 25 university. It, worst case, I could go get a job that could pay me fine. But if that's my worst case, then who would I, who would I be to not take advantage of the situation that I was given both, both through my own hard work and, and through just God given, you know, blessings, who would I be to not take that risk and, and bet on myself and, and try and own my own shit. And to me, I'm all about, you know, low, low risk, high reward situations. Um, and to me, that was one of those, right? You went to a great school, you either, you know, take a couple months when you're in your twenties to start a business that could then turn into, you know, a multimillion dollar business with the worst case being you go get a job. Like when you put it that way, it's like, how are more people not, you know, kind of taking these risks? But that was really, that was the situation in my head. And I just, you know, when I broke it down like that, I was, I was like, like, I gotta, you know, I gotta do this. And I, I found two great amazing partners and we were off to the races.
1: One of the things like I always said, was I was very impressed it was you know the grind and you know you have to have so much you know resilience so much i don't know grind i guess to to really branch off and kind of start doing your own thing even though you know you could fall flat on your face but um you no know, i think that's you know in, in impressive for anyone to do but just you know impressive of a twenty a you know, twenty four year old you know kid to go and do
0: Yeah. I mean, if you think about your life and and all the situations that you have overcome and there's like been forks where it's like you could have done one thing or you could have gone another, like you could have left Sidwell or you could have stayed. You stayed and you ended up, you know, having a great career at Villanova. You... Could have gone after your junior year and still made the league, but instead you came back for your senior year, had a better showing in every category statistically, and then got guaranteed money in the first round. Like all every everything that you you do in your life, you could trace back to a series of decisions, and each one of those decisions is like you know you can break them down and and you can really figure out like is this calculated? Like for you, for example, you're like, um, you know, granted there could have been. such unforeseen situations like you getting hurt your senior year, which obviously you couldn't have couldn't have controlled against, but it's a calculated risk. You're like, I've shown what I could do. I got a early second round guarantee. Why would I not come back, bet on myself, show everybody else what I can do and increase my chances. And, you know, I think when anybody looks back on their life and what they've done, they're going to look back at a series of decisions that they made. And as long as you're doing what you need to do on a daily basis to make those decisions confidently, I think you'll be successful. It's like, if you you know if you're getting ready for a game and you haven't practiced all week and you haven't gotten any shots up and you haven't done what you need to do from the preparation side you're not going to be confident because you you know that you didn't put the work in that you were supposed to but if you um and it's the same with business if you're going into a meeting and you've done all of the preparation that you need to do you should be confident because you've done what you need to do um i feel like life's the same way so Um, one thing I do, I want to do before we, before we finish up is, um, you know, we talked, we talked about my entrepreneurial stuff and like I said, we've, we've alluded to, to yours, but, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, especially in the rich climate episode about, you know, athletes being their own CEOs and and their own empires really, and, and, and really starting to look at, um, their careers differently. So when you think of, you know, when it's all said and done, well, actually this is going to be a two part question. Um, first off break down like your off the court endeavors so far from, you know, that you're passionate about right now from an investment standpoint, from, you know, businesses you're building such as this one that we're doing right now, um, to like brand partnerships. And then also the second part, where do you see your, your, you know, when you're all said and done, um, I know where you see, you know, you're you're on the court career, but what do you see? Where do you see your off the court career um, having? What do you see, you know, it looking like when when it's all said and done? And like, what do you look for in opportunities?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I guess so. What what do I look for? It's definitely things that are organic and things that are, you know that I I actually genuinely love and generally use every day and and things like that. Like some of the, my biggest. Um, I don't want to say sponsors. I don't want to say my biggest partnerships because I think it's a partnership. Um, you know, like Turtle Beach, you know, one of my favorite partnerships. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to say one of my favorite because I feel like a lot of all my partnerships are kind of steered away from the first year of just working with someone for, you know, to get a quick check to now really being passionate and, you know, with who I work with. And like I said, Turtle Beach. You know, they, you know, my headphone company, um, who's a big gaming headphone company, uh, you know, I love gaming. I love um, the competitiveness. I love the uh, camaraderie it builds, the, the opportunity to meet new people and talk to new people and, you know, that I'll never get a chance to talk to. So I love gaming and that and Turtle Beats kind of has that similar mentality of just kind of bringing people together. So I loved um, and kind of jumped at the opportunity to work with them. You know, who, wine access. You know, wine access. I, everyone that knows me, knows that I, I, you know, I'm starting to really love wine, and I, and I love the the process of it. I love the finish, uh, the, you know, the finished product of it. But you know, I, you know, that was something I was very passionate about, and I kind of jumped at the opportunity. Shout out to you for helping facilitate that opportunity. God, what are some other ones? Um, chipotle obviously I I love chipotle I eat chipotle before every flight um so I had to do that Mike and Ike's I'm still holding on to faith that we'll get that partnership finalized and figured out <laughs> but you know I, I I eat Mike and Ike's you know before every game I eat it on the bench of some games um any other partnerships What what else am I missing um well we have a new
0: one <clears throat> that, uh, we're not able to talk about yet because the company hasn't launched yet, but it's, um, it's going to be awesome. And it it involves gaming and content and working with other, um, other talent like yourself. And, um, I think that's really all we can say, but that's, that's going to be one that's, that's super, you know, super organic for you. And, um, another thing too, is, you know, that, that, you know, we've spoken about is like the value of your name is so important, um, especially, and it's even more valuable when you're aligning with something that you believe in because, or an area that you're passionate about, because then it actually makes sense and it feels right. Um, And I think, you know, to your credit, you're starting to think about equity more too. It's like, you know, you're, you're blessed to have a main job that, that pays the bills and and makes you, you know, a really good amount of money. So how do you get ownership and, you know, in, in brands and how do you come to the table and, and shift that conversation and say, no, I don't, I don't want you to pay me x a month i want you know i want a piece of the company and i want to help grow this with you
1: yeah and and there's a risk to that just because you know that company can go belly up you know a year after working you know working together and and launching and now you're kind of like asked out you can't really get that you know that money or you can't cash out on that equity but um like you said i'm fortunate enough to have an amazing day job that that pays very well um, and I can, you know, go and take risks like that. And I think that's something that at first I wasn't kind of with. I was with, like I said before, just kind of making a quick check and, you know, just seeing the money that I have just kind of increase. But now um, I'm more particular who I want to work with and the opportunities and the details of, you know, how we work together. And, you know, equity is a huge um a huge thing. Uh, you know, and and I think equity and stuff and that aspect and that thinking, um, helps create generational wealth. And that's something that I want to do. Um, it's something that I want my brand to be. And even when I'm done playing basketball, I want to be able to just kind of continue to support myself and my family and et cetera. So that's something that, um, you know, I'm blessed enough to, to really do. And lucky enough, I have a voice to do those things.
0: Yeah. Talk about the, uh, the investment side of things. Cause I know you've made a couple and, and most of them, you know, have really been in, in areas that you're passionate about and, and are authentic to you. And we've talked about it, but you know, the, the, the days of athletes investing in car washes and like restaurant franchises and, you know, their cousins, whatever type of company or over athletes are smarter and they're teaming up with the right people and they're investing in the right things. So, you know, talk about some of the investments you made and, and, and why you're excited about them.
1: Yeah, so, um, so many advancements I made, uh, FaZe Clan, uh, who, you know, people that don't know, the esports organization, who I think is the, the best esports organization, um, you know, who I think, I'm not sure what episode, you know, but we had FaZe Apex, who was one of the co-founders and CEOs uh, of FaZe Clan on, in a in prior episode, but, you know, that was something I was passionate about, just because, you know, that brand is so huge and it's so amazing and you can tell just by you know meeting the people it's really a family you know it really feels like a family and you know when I had the opportunity to invest in that you know that company obviously I loved gaming but I felt welcomed and I felt the love and you know I believed in you know the people running it and you know that's kind of why um, I wanted to be a part of it and I was lucky enough that they you know gave me that opportunity Um, so that's one um, and shout
0: out, lemon shout puff. out, FaZe Clan. I don't think we're able to say the val- what the valuation was when we invested because it wasn't public. But what we can say is that FaZe, uh, was just ranked number four on Forbes's uh list of most uh most valuable companies in the gaming space. They were uh they're valued at 250 million, which is definitely more than it was when we invested.
1: Yes, sir. Shout out to FaZe. Um, Another one was um Lemon Perfect which is a cold pressed water uh cold pressed water cold pressed beverage which is in DC New York then Whole Foods in DC New York uh LA it's in Airone LA thinking Whole Foods in like Texas and Utah um there's a whole bunch of random places but i I like that just because um everyone that knows me knows you know I'm not a huge water drinker, like you know I, it doesn't have a, a it doesn't have a taste you know and and I, <laughs> and I and i i have a big sugar um you know it's a huge sweet tooth and I like sweet things I always love juice and stuff like that, so um I try to find a healthy um, substitute for the Gatorades and the juices and all like the really sugary drinks, and you know, luckily you knew Yanni, who who's the founder and CEO of Lemon Perfect, um, and, and brought it to me, and I was like, yo, I love it, like the product was amazing. I loved the product from day one, and it was just something that you know, I loved the product, I loved the um vision of it to kind of get um, a healthier beverage. Um, to, you know, the masses at a reasonable price. Um, and then w- with that one, it was, you know, I loved, loved Yanni and just kind of, you know, anyone that knows Yanni, the very energetic human being, uh, very passionate human being. And, you know, when you invest, you know, you, you know, I don't, sometimes I look at the company and I look at the numbers, but I kind of learned from, from your pops to kind of invest in the people, and and my dad also um he always kind of taught me to in that that growing up but just kind of invest in people and he was someone I was like yo you know you just know he's going to be successful with just how he carries himself um what else do I invest in um play versus play versus um we had Delane Parno, the the CEO and uh founder of Play versus which um is another gaming startup that Matt and myself invested in and you know, those that don't know what Play Versus is or didn't hear that episode, it is a way for you, for kids in high school to compete, you know, at the state level, you know, with video games. So, now you know, you can win a state championship in football and soccer, basketball, whatever, but now you can also do that in, um, you know, video games. And I think that was huge because it helps you know, I was one of the kids. Like, I would have loved to be able to compete, uh, um, you know, in a in a tournament like that or a state sanctioned match or whatever. You know, playing video games in high school and it it helps, you know, take kids off the streets. It helps have the potential for scholarships and and things like that. And that's something I was gaming a passionate about, and I want to um always give back to you know people less fortunate in it and those kind of things. So that was something that was really. Um, Close to to my heart So I definitely wanted You know Jumped at that opportunity To work with them I think I have one more But I'm I'm blanking on it One more uh, Um, investment? Yeah do I have one more Or no that's it
0: Um, Not with me You might have done something else
1: No I don't think
0: so So it's just three We might need to make Another one soon It's been a while
1: Yeah I thought I had four Kind of disappointed right now but anyway, but, but no, um, like I said, you know, for for me, you know, it's always about generational wealth. And you're starting to see that more and more with, um, you know, athletes now We're you know, people are starting to get smarter. And it's not just about, you know, their salary and, and, and what we get paid and all that. It's about, you know, generational wealth. And it's about using our platform and using our network to... Know make a better life for ourselves and our family, and you can see like like Bron is obviously one of the best players ever. You know lace him up, but one you know just one of the best businessmen there is, and you know it it goes from that. So you have that model, then you have Steph doing what he's doing, Katie doing what he's doing, Iggy doing what they're doing. Like so, it, it just trickles down. So you know, luckily you know we have those guys, and they take some of the hits and they take some of the bullets. You know, for some of that stuff, but for for us, you know i'm- you know at the pretty end of that totem pole, so I don't really take too much hits, but um, you know it's just amazing just to be able to now you know follow your passions and it's not just like, oh, shut up and dribble and just you know play basketball and that's all you focus on and now it's about you know being able to follow other passions that you have outside of basketball
0: yeah i mean it's it's actually it's actually it's it's crazy how far. How far it's come, like Rich, Rich said it, but the amount of like little mini empires within the NBA, you name some of them, but like you know Chris Paul, incredible business, D Wade, incredible business. Look what he's done with way of weight. Like every every single one of these these guys is is building empires underneath themselves. It's just you know we've never we've never seen anything like it. I mean back in the day, you know it was MJ who had the the you know he, he sold a lot of shoes, was in a movie, but and had like incredible endorsement deals, but nothing to the level that that we're seeing now of guys creating, you know, new businesses and building investment portfolios. It's it's just incredible. Exactly. So I think I think we're winding down, bro. I know uh you got a game tomorrow. I think I think we've uh we've let the folks in plenty. We got to we got to you know, we got to leave some to question. We can't we can't tell them exactly. everything. Exactly. Well, I hope, I hope that you guys enjoyed that. You know, I know that we've spent a lot of time unpacking other people's stories and, you know, did it a little bit every episode for ourselves, but never, never really sat and took the time to, to go into all this.
1: Exactly. So hopefully you guys learned a little bit more about, um, Matthew and myself, and hopefully we were able to inspire you guys to just kind of keep pushing, keep grinding and kind of uh follow you guys' passion, so that's that, and, you know, now we are both going to answer the lighthearted 10, so. Oh, shit, I forgot. I okay. guess. Do you, yep. have, do you have it up? Yep, I do. So, I'm right. Matthew, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, man, um,
0: people wasting uh, potential.
1: That's a hell of a pet peeve. Yeah, I
0: hate that shit. I hate it. So many people would could be in your shoes, you know, not you, but like someone's. What's your biggest pet peeve?
1: Hmm. I I think I know it. People hearing people chew. Yep. Yeah, it's. I feel bad because it's not even like smacking. Like I just hate hearing like the food inside of your mouth, and it's like stuff you can't even control, like apples, carrots, chips, you know, stuff like that. Like I hate it, but if you do smack. Like I might smack you. Like I hate it. Like it is it's probably one of the things I hate the most.
0: Um, wait, yo, I have a suggestion for Lighthearted Ten. What if uh what if we try and guess what the other person's answer is gonna be?
1: Oh, let's do it. All
0: right. What's the next one? Biggest so, fear? Yep. All right, you can guess my biggest fear. Failing. Nah, for well, I'm definitely yeah. afraid of failing, but for me, it's like losing uh, like someone really close to me. Loved one? Nah. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to guess yours is not being able to hoop anymore.
1: Nah. I always thought like, probably my biggest fear would probably be not um, not being able to take care of my family. That would, probably, that would be my biggest fear. Because, like, even if I can't hoop, you know, I'll be. I think I, I think I'm a a solid businessman. I can finagle and work with with what I have, but um, not be able to provide for my family, that would definitely take the cake of my biggest fear.
0: Once you got a, got a little taste, you can't go back.
1: Exactly. So, um, next one's favorite cartoon growing up. Ooh. Yours. Uh,
0: hold on. Give me give me give me five seconds to think about what mine is. Okay, I got it.
1: I'ma say Dang, I'm was it Spongebob?
0: Nah, that was number two. I did love Spongebob. It was uh fairly odd parents.
1: I was gonna say that. Damn <laughs> I was gonna say that, bro. But I was like, nah, nah, it's not gonna be Damn, I was gonna say that.
0: Um, do you know do you have ears in your head? Yep. Was it Boondocks?
1: Nope. Spongebob I'm watching it right now with subtitles. Biggest uh, childhood celebrity crush. Ooh. Um, you, yeah, I think you know mine.
0: I know yours. Yeah, you've said it. you said it before. It's Megan Good. Yeah. Mine, hold on.
1: Is.
0: Okay. I oh, don't know. JLo? Nah, she's dope. But uh, Topanga from Boy Meets World. Uh...
1: Well do you ever watch Boy Um yeah. <clears> don't <look>. <laughs> <laughs> um what superpower would you want?
0: Ooh Okay, I got mine. Teleport. Yep. Yes. Um yours
1: flying. Nope, nope. teleport, same one. Flying takes too long. You can teleport, just tel- you're good.
0: teleport into those passing lanes
1: exactly i'll get a lot i'll make a lot of money if i could do that um if you could switch slides with anyone for a day who would it be um hmm. um hmm. okay
0: your dad nah my answer is gonna be kind of fucked up but I, I don't want to like hurt anybody but i i want to know what the hell it's like to be kim jong-un
1: because
0: uh, bro no one interesting. no one knows what goes on in that country it's think about it, it's 20 it's damn near 2020 and there is a place on this earth that is completely sheltered from the outside world the the citizens have no idea what's going on and they all just worship this one man and it's bizarre to me so I just want to I just want to know what it's like down, what it's like in there
1: okay well, I can see that
0: Um, yours would be Shannon. Hell no. You don't want to date yourself?
1: No, not at all. I'm definitely just going with like Bill Gates. See if I can do like a wire transfer. Okay. You know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the basic guy. Okay. All right. What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? You probably know mine.
0: Basketball. Yeah. And yours will be a content creator slash gamer.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so who would play you in the Matt Hillman slash Josh Hart movie? Oh. Um. Ooh. I know who would play. I, <laughs> s- I was about <laughs> say I can see a Mark Wahlberg. Okay.
0: I'll take that. I was gonna say, um I was gonna say uh Ben Affleck, but I'll take Mark Wahlberg for sure. Oh, okay. Um who for you, um What's the, the black dude from Criminal Minds who Garcia is always hitting on? Sherman Moore? Shamar Moore. Okay. Shamar Moore.
1: No, <laughs> hell no. I can't get like a Michael B. Jordan or a Will Smith guy.
0: <laughs> nah, Will Smith would be good. Will Smith would be good. But Shamar Moore is a
1: good looking guy. I, I just like with him, I just painted in my mind like this picture. I'm like, oh like he's just like you know, like nice guy, but kind of tough at times. Da da And then, like, I saw like an Instagram video of him on this page one time, and it was just so far off from what I actually thought he was gonna be like. I, I I was just turned off of it. So, talk to me, Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What is the title of the current chapter of your life? Ooh, that's tough. That's a tough one. Um.
0: Shit. Um.
1: Okay oh no You're, what like like the grind or something um I think for me it's like it's just
0: growth like I've learned a lot about uh, myself in the past like year made made like you know mistakes that that at the time were very painful but I think in the long run will like help me a lot in, in terms of my development so I would yeah I would say like growth um for you sh- Extend me. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, uh, consistency.
1: Yeah, that uh, could be a really good one.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for the first time in your career, like you're being given the chance to do what you do on like a consistent basis and work through mistakes, and like you've really developed into the the player that you know you can be.
1: Yeah, I'm with that one. And then the last one. If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you wo- when you arrive? I said mine before.
0: Welcome, my welcome, my nigga, my guy. Um, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm 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 stealing mine from a from a previous guest.
1: What was that? I
0: forget which guest said it, but someone was like, he wants to hear God say, "Turn around, we're not ready for you yet." i think that was jerry i think jerry said that one you can go back down on earth for a little that's more That's a good one yeah ah, that's a good one
1: so well everyone i hope you guys all enjoyed um this episode of the lighthearted podcast obviously it was a little bit different um but we thought it was definitely cool and important for you guys to kind of learn a little bit more about ourselves what what we've done and kind of where we are and you know etc so yeah hopefully you guys had fun with with this one and um i think that's about it yes sir